Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. I'm Del Tanhart. Garage Guys Chase is enjoying a fabulous weekend out in Birmingham, Alabama for the Alabama Grand Prix for the IndyCar Series out at Barber Motorsports Park, hanging out with the boys, Scotty Mack, Connor Daly, and his family, having a great time out there. So a much-needed, well-deserved weekend off of the NASCAR circuit for Garage Guy Chase. Check out all his content that he's going to have over in Birmingham on Sunday. But we're here to talk about NASCAR at Dover. The Worth 400 is scheduled for Sunday. And I'll go ahead and tell you, this podcast, you'll be able to come back and listen to this one for a while because it is supposed to rain all day at Dover. I don't think we're getting this race in until Monday. We do not have lights at Dover. So if it rains for a while, which they did move the start time up to, what, 1 p.m. Eastern time? A noon start for central timers like me, which is crazy. Talk about nostalgia. Don't think it's going to happen. Don't think it's going to happen. I think we're racing on Monday. If you look at the forecast, very bad. By the time you listen to this podcast, it will be raining in Dover, Delaware. And that has a major implication on the race itself because whether or not we race on Sunday or Monday, very green racetrack. All the rubber is gone. We have a new tire compound that is very aggressive. Has a lot of fall off, maybe too much fall off. And we'll get into more of that as we dig into our bets and what the markets look like heading into the Worth 400. I'm going to start just by going through every single bet that I have with my validation uh, and, and liens that I might have as well. And the more and more I dig, the more enticing there are bets out there that that exist. And the more provoked I am to potentially leave here and, and place a few more bets today. But we'll see. We shall see. But Xfinity Series did not go well. We did hit our hammer time matchup lock for the A-game 200, which was Riley Herbst over Corey Heim, even though he, I mean, did literally everything fucking possible to try to lose it, if you watch that race. But the outrights did not go out, did not go well. Um Big shout out to Ryan Truex. You know, it's so funny. It's so funny. We actually had a scheduled interview with Ryan because we're, we're buddies with Ryan. We know Martin Truex Jr. is in prison. Yes. But we're pretty cool with Ryan. And we had a scheduled interview with him. I can't remember if it was Thursday or Friday. And we had to move it. And now I'm like, damn, I wish we could have had that on a Thursday or, or just Heading into the weekend would have been great, but shout out to Ryan Truex. Long time coming. It's been a long road. Redeemed himself after 2012. I know everybody's talking about that now, but I remember that race where he got held up by lap traffic and lost the race to Joey Logano. That was 11 years ago. He spent another 11 years searching for that first NASCAR series win, and he got it yesterday uh, at the at for the A-game 200 at Dover. So really cool moment for him, one of the boys. So very happy for Ryan Truex. Martin, on the other hand, still in prison. But I think that's a good gateway to hop into on the NASCAR Cup Series side here. I have bet on Martin Truex Jr. Yes, indeed. I've already gotten several DMs 
people saying that he will be out of prison this weekend. He has an excellent Dover resume. His first career win came here in 2007 in the Cup Series. And before 2021, the guy was just on an unbelievable tear at Dover. I mean, he had like four straight finishes of first or second before 2021. And 2022 had a top five run going, was running third or fourth on the last lap and got into it with Chastain and ended up finishing 12th. So you go back and look. If you look at any statistics with just finishes, a little misleading him finishing 12th because he was running top five, top three most of that day. I got Martin Truex at 12 to 1 early in the week over on DraftKings Sportsbook. Obviously, we did not get qualifying in. We did get practice in. And if you want to feel encouraged about Martin being fourth and five lap averages, go right ahead. I don't know how much it is worth because you look back at last year. If you go back and, and search for last year's 10 lap averages, pretty misleading data in the in the 10 lap averages for the Dover race in 2022. Ryan Priest was second in 10 lap averages and he ran 20th, 20th to 25th the whole race and a Rick Ware Racing Stuart Haas Racing funded Rick Ware Racing car, best way to put it. Um a lot of people forget that that Ryan Priest actually ran this race last year which never know that could bode well for him getting experience in a Gen 7 car before going full time in solid equipment. But you also had like AJ Almendinger, who was sixth out of 18 registered guys that ran 10 laps. He didn't really have much speed. Justin Haley had a good run. He was ninth in averages last year, but had a good run because of obtaining track position through strategy, taking two tires. Strategy was important last year because it was almost impossible to pass. Similar to what we've already seen this year at tracks like Richmond, at Martinsville, especially Martinsville been very very hard to pass and we're not even getting the short track package that martinsville had that richmond had where we have the trimmed up spoiler the parts that are the diffuser that's had some parts removed that's supposed to help with the quality of racing the quality of passing we don't even have that for dover this weekend this is technically the intermediate quote-unquote package in 2023 so I think passing is going to be very, very difficult. So it's really tough to tell how much weight you should put in these averages that you see. No, only like four guys ran 10 lap averages because we had cautions in both sessions and it kind of fucked everything up. Uh, Austin Dillon spun out. Daniel Suarez spun out. Um, I think someone spun out in group B. Eric Jones. Eric Jones spun out as well. I don't remember who was in what group. But the point is that there's not a lot of data to absorb that can make you more confident in a pick, I think. I think you just have to scan and find value. And honestly, with the tire issue that we're going to have, I mean, we had corded tires within like on 10, 15 laps of green flag running in, in practice. That is not a good sign. And if you expect calamity, I think you're going to want some underdogs in your card. Go back to Bristol last year. 
Chris Busher won Bristol. I don't know what his odds were, 70 to 1, 80 to 1. But him and Brad Keselowski, who are both big underdogs in that race, were leading, are the two leaders within the last 30 laps of that one because of the calamity that transpired because of tire problems. Tires have not been much of a problem in 2023, especially compared to 2022. But this compound doesn't have a lot of durability from what we saw in practice. Now, teams are going to make changes to try to adjust and offset that issue. But, I mean, we were only running 15, 20 laps, and we had corded tires. Not a good sign. Um, good sign for fall-off. Drivers ask for fall-off. Goodyear goes next fucking level and builds a tire that may not be durable enough to last 40, 50, 60 laps. Fuel windows, 90 laps. So that's going to be real interesting, especially considering we only get nine sets of tires. So how does this translate to your betting strategy? Put some underdogs in. I've got some underdogs for you once we dive more and more into this. I don't think playing a lot of matchups is a good idea just because of this exact tire issue on a green racetrack that in the practice session, the one uh, big key I did not mention is that it was not picking up rubber which is even worse for tire wear, which is even worse for cording and blown right front tires, right rear tires, uh, which are going to take the most load at a track like Dover. So I think you got to have underdogs. You know, I, I kind of hate the first bet that I'm about to tell you guys. Well, I told you guys Truex. The heaviest bet I have this week, and I took early in the week, purely because it's, a, it's the most statistically sound bet I could find on any sports book, and that is Kyle Larson head-to-head over William Byron. Kyle Larson is 6-0 head-to-head against Byron at Dover, dating back to 2018. Byron's got two top fives and three top tens in, in his eight Dover starts, while Larson has seven top tens, five top fives, and two wins in his last eight Dover starts. Basically in the same time frame, Larson missed 2020 Dover. Um, but in his last eight that he has competed in, seven top tens, five top fives, two wins, and eight bajillion laps led. This has been an amazing track for Kyle Larson. While William Byron has not shown us hardly anything here, this has actually been quite a struggle of a racetrack for Willie B in his short career. So I got to go with the trends. I got to go with the stats. 6-0 head-to-head against William Byron. You can still find this matchup on FanDuel Sportsbook, but now it's minus 148 What can, compared to the minus 118 that I grabbed very early in the week. Little, little juicier now. You're going to have to pay a little bit more for it. Um, and if you don't want to do that, I have a matchup that I think is similar that I found. Um and, and maybe even better, depending on where you're leaning, if you're leaning more Hendrick or if you're leaning more Joe Gibbs Racing, you might like Denny Hamlin plus money against William Byron over on BetMGM. That matchup stuck out to me. I've already got enough on the fade train here. I mean, I got just short of three units on Kyle Larson to beat William Byron. So I don't want to add any more here, now knowing what the conditions are going to be like 
what the tire compound is that Goodyear brought, it could be bad for head-to-head matchups. It could make head-to-head matchups bad beat City at Dover this weekend. But if you want something similar with good value, I think Denny Hamlin, even money over William Byron is a great value bet. Same, I mean, same kind of same kind of situation here. Denny Hamlin, not as dominant as Kyle Larson has been at Dover. But last year, Denny Hamlin probably had the best car in the field. I mean, Denny Hamlin was a rocket and just had a series of hilariously bad errors that took him out of contention of winning this race. He he lost a wheel at the end of stage one, still drove all the way back through into the top five, and then Cody Ware spun out and wrecked by himself and collected Denny Hamlin on the front stretch. I mean, just horrendous luck. Horrendous luck. Bad pit crew. Uh, just just bad pit crew work. It's kind of been the story of Denny Hamlin over the past couple of years. But at some point, it's got to go right. And I think Denny's in a spot, considering how good he was here last year, how good he was at Richmond and Martinsville. I know they don't correlate super well. But Denny has been successful at this racetrack, especially over the past six or seven years. Uh, He kind of used to struggle here back in the day, but something clicked differently around 2016. Last 12 starts, eight top 10 finishes, one win in 2020, three top fives, and a bunch of laps led. If you look, something that stuck out to me, if you look at Denny Hamlin's results here, He's always running up front and in contention. Four out of the last five races in stage one, he has three stage one victories and one P2 in stage one. In stage two, four out of the last five. Three stage two finishes of third or better and then one of fifth. Now you're probably thinking, like, who the fuck cares about stages, right? Well... I think it is important because you're seeing that he's running up front. If you go back and watch these old races, he's contending. Like he is a deciding factor in who's winning these races. 2021 was a little bit different because Hendrick Motorsports literally finished first, second, third, and fourth. Besides that, Denny Hamlin's been a factor. He's been leading a bunch of laps and arguably had the best car in 2022 before all the errors that, that transpired there. So that's my next bet. Denny Hamlin, I got 11 to 1. I got a full unit on Denny Hamlin straight up outright to win. Not going to be able to see it at that price now. Um, even though really didn't see anything in practice that would change anything. But the books have adjusted slightly. Now 9 to 1 in most books. You're going to see 8 to 1, 9 to 1. I even put on the Action Network, uh, on my Action Network profile, that I would bet Denny down to nine to one. And that's where you can get him on a couple of different books. You'll just have to check out, check out which ones do have them there. I think Barstool and BetMGM might be the ones that have them at nine to one. So check that out. I would take Denny at nine to one, even with uh, the circumstances that, that occurred in practice and qualifying doesn't have a great starting spot. Does not matter. If there's one guy that's been able to pass at these tracks where you just cannot fucking pass, it's been Denny Hamlin. It has been Denny Hamlin. I think he's got to be one of your top plays. I think you got to have some Gibbs guys and you got to have some Hendrick guys because over the past four or five years, other than Kevin Harvick being, or I think he won in 2020 and maybe 2018, 
Hendrick Motorsports and Joe Gibbs Racing have have been the head honchos at Dover Motor Speedway. I want to get into some of the underdog bets now. I told you guys you got to have some underdogs in your card in case calamity ensues with the circumstances of the green racetrack tire compound. Most recent bets I've added. Uh, prop bets. Austin Cindric top Ford. 25 to 1. If you go back and watch this race last year, Ford was not very good. Uh Chris Busher and and Brad Keselowski were probably the two best Fords. And Kevin Harvick re- hung around the top 10 but did not run like I expected him to last year cuz I remember in this race I had Harvick like a unit and a half or two units for a top 5 finish. He never even sniffed it. He ran around 8th, 9th to 12th and got a top 10 because some other guys had issues like Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex uh, throughout the race. But I think Austin Cendrick, 25 to 1, he did crash out in this race last year, running 12th or 13th. But if Ford brings something similar to what they brought last year, and if Hendrick Motorsports and Joe Gibbs Racing continue their dominance at this racetrack, Ford becomes a complete toss-up on who who wins in the manufacturer department. Penske was really, really bad last year with Blaney and Joey Logano. Like I said, Austin Cindric crashed out early, running like 13th. Um, Stuart Haas Racing was bad last year with the exception of Eric Almarola snuck into the top 10 a couple times. Kevin Harvick, like I said, hung around the top 10. And RFK was good. RFK was good. Chris Buescher finished 8th. And then... Brad Keselowski had a better run than what his finish was. He got screwed over by green flag pit stops and then a caution coming out due to a loose wheel. So if Ford is going to be, if Ford is going to not have this winning speed, then I think you got to, you got to experiment with a couple underdogs here in the Ford department. Plus the elements of Dover being a potential madhouse chaotic event. With the tire compound, with the green racetrack, all the rain that's that's going to jeopardize everything, it could be a wild card race. So Austin Sendrick is a Team Penske Ford, uh, had some speed in single lap practice and in five lap averages. I think while I would tread lightly, that could be encouraging. That can always be encouraging when you see somebody unload out of the gate with some sort of speed. So I think you can consider that, but like I said, tread lightly. I've got a quarter of a unit here on Austin Cindric to, to win uh, top Ford for the Worth 400. He's a former Dover winner in the Xfinity Series as well. Needs a good run. And if all everything goes to hell with people blowing out tires, who knows who could get it? Who knows who could win as the top Ford if they don't have speed and you have chaos and Sue? And that's also why I'm going to take Michael McDowell for the same uh, for the same deal with top Ford as well, because Mike Mack, not great at Dover, but when you look at some, I'll say, quote unquote, similar racetracks in 2023, top 10 at Richmond, Bristol, I'm, obviously Bristol Dirt's not similar, but it's a shorter track. Uh, he struggled on the mile and a half, but when we come to these shorter tracks like Phoenix, Richmond, Martinsville, all in the top 20. Richmond, like I said, top 10. He finished 6th. Phoenix finished 13th. 
obviously Stuart Haas was really good at Phoenix and uh, Pinsky, I think, put Blaney up in the top five, top three. But as I said, if Ford has a bad day and Michael McDowell runs in the top 20, finished 17th at Dover last year, if he runs top 20, top 15, 50 to one is not a bad price, in my opinion. Because if he runs top 20 and Ford brings what they brought to Dover last year or anything similar, he is within reach. He is within reach of being a top forward at 50 to one. For comparison, this line is on Barcel Sportsbook, Caesars, uh, BetMGM, looking at 30 to one, 33 to one. I think 50 to one is a, a really good price for this bet. But as I said with Austin Cindric, trend lightly. I've got 0.2 units on this one. 0.2 units on this, quarter of a unit on Cindric. Take a couple random top four guys that are in competitive equipment because all the elements with the tires, green racetrack, Ford not being great here in 2022, make it to where this could be very achievable from either one of these two guys. So Austin Cindric, 25 to 1 via Caesars. Michael McDowell, 50 to 1 via Barstool. And talking about last year's race, and it's honestly, it's rare that you see this guy at this price. Another bet that I added late, Ross Chastain outright via DraftKings, 18 to 1. It is not often on a non-super speedway, and you know you can throw dirt in there as well, but in a non-super speedway, paved oval, and road courses for that matter, it's pretty surprising to see Ross at 18 to 1. And he led a lot of laps here last year. He didn't have a winning race car, I don't think. But after Denny Hamlin had his issues, after Alex Bowman and Kyle Busch got screwed over by green flag pit stops when they had the race under control, Ross Chastain, the race was between Chastain and Chase Elliott on the final restart. I think whoever won that battle with 50 to go was going to win the race. And that's exactly what happened. Chase Elliott took it from Ross Chastain on the restart, and he pulled away, and he won. It was very difficult to pass, and even more difficult to pass the leader. So these restarts, very important, and it proved to be the winning move in last year's race at Dover. Ross Chastain did finish third in that race. So to see 18-1 to 1 with very little data that can lean us in a direction here, I think Ross is such is so worthy of a play at this price because I don't know how much stock, as I stated earlier in the show, I don't know how much stock to take in Chastain or I'm sorry, in practice with repetitive cautions. You're going to have a green racetrack, no qualifying. Ross Chastain is going to be starting 14th, not terrible track position, but not great track position. Look at all the pit road pit stop data. Shout out to, uh, Fantasy Racing Cheat Sheet, they have great data on the best performing pit crews in the Cup Series. Ross Chastain's team ranks third on all analytics. So that's very important considering we're going to have a competition caution, probably lap 30, lap 40. That's going to be a pit stop. If you can't pass on the racetrack and you have a good car, pit road is going to be a great avenue to make up spots. And when you're Ross Chastain and you have one of the top pit crews in the sport, one of the top performing pit crews in the sport so far in 2023, 
that could bode well to gaining track position early and often. And I think just the price itself is, is enough for me to hope that he'll have a good race car because you look at the practice board and him and Suarez were like 21st and 23rd or whatever. I don't feel too badly about that because I was looking at data from Dover in 2022. I referenced this earlier, looking at the averages from last year's Dover race out of 18 guys that ran 10 laps. Denny Hamlin was last out of all 18 guys. And Christopher Bell was next to last. And both of those guys, Denny Hamlin had the car to beat. I think. And then Christopher Bell finished fourth. Don't take too much stock in the averages. Sometimes they are misleading. And while Ross didn't show much, I'm not scared of it. And, you know, if this bet was 14 to 1 to 12 to 1 to 10 to 1, probably wouldn't take it. 18 to 1 for Ross on a paved oval. Pretty surprising. So I think you got to hop on it. I got uh, 0.4 units on Ross Chastain outright. Big payout. Minimal risk. A couple more underdog plays here. Another recent one that I added that I'm honestly shocked has not moved. Right now you can get it on FanDuel Sportsbook and maybe even Caesars or Barstool. Um, but I grabbed it over on FanDuel. That's Corey LaJoy for a top 10 at 20 to 1. Once again, another small play, 0.2 units, big payout if it hits, minimal risk. Corey LaJoy ran 18th here last year. Um, hung around the lead lap most of the day. Has been more competitive in 2023. I think that's enough for me to to go with Corey LaJoy for a top 10. I'm not saying hammer Corey to win. I'm not saying take him for a top five. I'm not saying to take him top Chevy which is like 150 to one, by the way, that feels kind of fucking crazy, but top 10, 20 to one for all the reasons I've consistently reiterated on the show with just how chaotic this race could be. And even if it's not Corey LaJoy has had speed in his race car. It's certainly an improved operation that we've talked about week after week after week. Um, I think I think Corey LaJoy for a sprinkle for a top 10 at this price, 20 to 1, good bet. It is a good bet. I it, You don't even need the chaos for this to hit. That's one thing. Like, when I'm taking Cindric for top forward, McDowell for top forward, I'm thinking we're going we're gonna to need a little bit of chaos to make one of those two things happen, right? But when I look at this Corey LaJoy top 10, this feels obtainable through performance and if chaos happens, right? So I think it's kind of a win-win when you see a line like this and consider what Dover's going to be. 20 to 1, top 10, love it, tread lightly because of the circumstances. But big payout if it hits, gotta fucking ride with Corey LaJoy for a top 10. Love this play. Last two underdogs I have, lock these in uh, just after practice, or, or yeah, qualifying was rained out. As soon as eyes came back up, I was able to grab these. I got Brad K at 35 to 1 outright and Chris Busher at 35 to 1 outright. Excuse me. Brad Keselowski, as I stated, was good here last year. The program really collectively had their best race on speed in this race last year. I think Brad finished like 20th, 21st because he got caught up in the green flag pit stops. Uh, when the caution fell at the wrong time, 
Chris Buescher finished eighth and started on the pole in this race last year. If you want to consider some practice time, Brad K laid down the fastest lap, single lap, and said he was happy with his race car. I think that can be important. Just the fact that he felt like his car was fast and handling well. I think that inspires confidence, not just in him, but in Chris Buescher as well. Seeing that their teammates and their cars are going to be set up similar. They're probably going to race around each other wherever they do race. And I, I just, this is kind of a gut thing, but when I think about Bristol, when it turned, when that race turned into pure calamity, it fell into the hands of Chris Buescher and Brad Keselowski. I, I just, I can't stop thinking about how that happened. Oh, and, and that I mentioned Bristol is concrete. We're racing on concrete. Doesn't mean anything. Maybe not. Maybe not. But I am encouraged by the potential speed. Brad Kay saying he was happy with the race car. I think they're they're worth a play. I think both of them are worth a play as an outright. Now, Brad Kay has shifted. You know, I, I definitely helped uh, in shifting this line when I placed this bet on Saturday. Chris Buescher, you can still find at 35 to 1. I think the best right now that I can see on Brad Kay is 25 to 1. I would still take that. I wouldn't go 18 to one. I don't think I'd go 20 to one. I think 25 to one is where I would bet this down to just for a sprinkle. I've got a quarter of a unit on Brad K and 0.15 units on Chris Busher. Once again, trying to tread lightly on a lot of these guys, considering the circumstances we're going to deal with on Monday. I'm just going to go ahead and say it's going to be Monday. There's no way I'm pulling up the forecast one more time. Yep. Okay. Right now, it is it, the rain has started in Dover, Delaware, and it is going to go all the way up into the Sunday night, according to this forecast. I think this will be postponed by noon, noon Eastern time. That's my guess. So I think you'll have you'll have time. You will have time to to get more bets in. Uh, let's just hope we don't get the green flag. Right. As long as you don't get the green flag, which I don't think we will. You'll have time to get these bets in at relatively similar prices, if not the same price. So I like the RFK guys. Uh, root for chaos. Root for mo some motherfucking chaos for Brad K and Chris Busher to get it done. Some heavier bets I have. Obviously, I got a unit, a unit on Denny Hamlin. I've got half a unit on Martin Truex. But the one driver I have more money on than anybody, I've got two units on this dude. And that's Chase Elliott, for, former winner here, defending champion of this race, two-time Dover winner, one of his best racetracks, eight to one. I grabbed eight to one via Barstool Sportsbook. Just could not, uh, just could not pass that one up. Just could not pass that one up. I think you, as I said earlier, you've got to have Hendrick, and you've got to have Joe Gibbs drivers when you go back and watch all the old races and when i say old i mean let's just talk over the last five years other than kevin harvick this has been a hendrick motorsport slash joe gibbs racing owned racetrack and chase has been really good here he's in a must-win situation uh well we think he's in a must-win situation to get into the playoffs but it's going to be close with all the races he's missed due to injury this has got to be a track that, that they've circled because 
this could just knock it out immediately, get him secured into the playoffs at a track he's been very successful at with Alan Gustafson. I've got him at eight to one to win. I don't know if that line exists anymore. Uh, I got 0.6 units on that. And then I've got Chase Elliott for a top five. I've got 1.4 units on Chase Elliott to get a top five. When you go back and look at all his races here, since he was a rookie, he was good here. And it seems like he runs top five and competes for wins in any race where he hasn't had an accident, which he crashed early in 2019, I believe. And he blew an engine in one of those years too, which was one of the chase races, one of the playoff races in 2018 and 2019 blew an engine. I mean, super early in the race. So Chase Elliott, this is one of his best tracks, defending winner of the race. Hendrick Motorsports has been good everywhere. And if you want to refer back to the practice data, uh, Chase Elliott, Hendrick had several guys up in the top five, top three. Josh Berry, who is a guy I'm going to talk about here next. Uh, they were they looked like they had speed. I think if there is any takeaway you could see is that they unloaded fast. And if Hendrick unloads fast, that is a scary, scary thought for the rest of the field, especially at a track where they've been so so successful at. Remember, Jimmy Johnson won here like fucking 36 times. I mean, just dominated this place over the course of his career. Uh, six-time champion confirmed. Carl Edwards won the 2016 championship. There's nothing you can tell me that can convince me otherwise. But the point here is that Hendrick is really good, and you should have some Hendrick drivers on your betting card. So I've got two total units between those two bets. Chase Elliott outright. Chase Elliott top five. Uh, the plus 125, I believe, is still available on Barcelona Sportsbook. And I'll check that right now. Yes. Yes, it is. Plus 125 is still available on Barcelona Sportsbook. Most other books that are offering top fives have him much closer to even money or on the other side in minus odds territory with Kyle Larson. So uh, take Barstool for that. I think, yeah, now he's six and a half to one outright. So your eight to one is gone. Maybe check out points bet, check out your offshores. Uh, but I see seven to one on Caesars. I see seven to one on FanDuel. I would bet down to seven to one. I'm tempted on Kyle Larson, but I just don't think I can take four to one or five to one. I don't think I can take the favorite in this kind of race where it could be absolute chaos with the, the, the looming tire issue that we might see. So I don't think I can take the favorite, but I can take somebody eight to one. I can take somebody 10 to one. I can take somebody 12 to one and higher and not feel not feel like I'm forced to take someone who who's overpriced, right? And, and Kyle Larson's been amazing here. There's a reason why I've got, uh, you know, I did say I had two units on Chase Elliott. That was the most. Yep. Nope. Just kidding. I told you guys earlier in the show, I've got just short of three units on that one matchup for Kyle Larson to beat William Byron. So, you know, I, I've got enough on Larson, I think. I've got enough on fading Byron at all the Hendrick guys. And then I've got Chase Elliott for those two bets. And the last guy, I'm so tempted. I'm so tempted to add something for this guy. And, and that's Josh Berry. Obviously, all my uh, thoughts and condolences go to Alex Bowman after his scary accident. And I hope he gets better, heals up, and gets back to the racetrack as soon as possible. Josh Berry is in that number 48. I think somebody tweeted at me, and I meant to reply. If you're like 
somewhat new to betting and you see Alex Bowman in matchups, no, that does not mean Josh Berry. What that means is that the books fucked up and are neglecting, just absolutely neglecting the shit out of the event by not recognizing that Alex Bowman is not in the car, right? Um, so don't 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 take that just in case. It should void if you did it by accident. Like if you bet on Alex Bowman outright or in any matchups, I think they will void on the majority of mainstream sports books. But no, if you see Alex Bowman, don't don't bet on him thinking that it's gonna just be Josh Berry now that he's in the car. Um, but Josh has been really, really good here in the Xfinity series, finished second on Saturday. Won the Xfinity Series race here in 2022. This has been a successful track for him in a very, very short amount of time. He liked his car in practice. And if you want to look at the practice data, there were four drivers that ran a 10-lap average. Josh Berry, Denny Hamlin, Daniel Suarez, and William Byron. All four guys could be contenders. Daniel Suarez, maybe, maybe not. But, I mean, Josh Berry, Denny Hamlin, William Byron, all in a Hendrick car or a Gibbs car. I've already been high on Denny Hamlin. William Byron's been good just about everywhere. I just think this is going to be a weekend where he's not going to be as good. But that doesn't matter. What I'm talking about here is just the fact that you have guys in good race cars with good teams, and Josh Berry topped all of them. Josh Berry, 23-31 in 10-lap averages, over a tenth better than all these guys. Denny Hamlin was second with a 23.45 average over a 10-lap span. So that kind of caught my eye a little bit, right? That kind of caught my eye just a bit. When you look at five-lap averages, which is a much larger sample size, like 30 drivers, Josh Berry's third in that category. So if you want to take away anything, I said it earlier, Hendrick is probably fast. And this 48 car has been amazing, amazing at Dover over the past couple of years. One with Bowman in 2021, and I think had a top three race car in 2022, was running with Kyle Busch in the, in the later stages of that race, and then they pit early in the green flag cycle, caution comes out. And Bowman still drives all the way back up through the field and finishes fifth. So that 48 car has just been good here, right? I know it's a different crew chief now. It's not Greg Ives, but I think the setup is going to be similar to what Bowman ran. And it's a Hendrick Motorsports race car. And it's the 48 that has run the table at Dover since 2002 with Jimmy Johnson. So I think Josh Berry is worth something. Uh, I think there's three routes you can go here with Barry. Route A is taking him to win at a good 40 to 1 price, right? Like I see DraftKings has him at 35 to 1. Uh FanDuel, 35 to 1. BetMGM, 40 to 1, right? We're always sleeping on BetMGM. Their app, yeah, it kind of fucking blows, right? But there's there are some advantageous lines that I find just about every week on BetMGM. But if you don't like BetMGM, look at Barstool. He's 40 to 1 over on Barstool Sportsbook as well. That's option A. Take a Hendrick car at 40 to 1. I'd feel pretty good. I think option B. Let's let's look at top Chevy, right? Let's say uh 
you know, I'm 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 high on Denny Hamlin, right? I'm high on Martin Truex. Like those are my Gibbs guys that I think are going to run up front and and be uh and definitely have a say in who wins this race. So let's say you don't want to take Josh to win. You've already got enough outrights on the board. You've already hammered Larson, you've hammered Chase Elliott. Maybe you've hammered Byron, right? Maybe you've hammered two or three of those guys and you're like, "Damn, I don't want to take another one. I'm done on outrights. I'm maxed out." Look at Top Chevy. Why don't we take a look at Top Chevy? You know, these manufacturer bets have been a gold mine for a lot of people. And several weeks this year, they've been a gold mine for me as well. Top Chevy, you're looking at 14 to 1, 17 to 1, you know, Barstool and Caesars. But look, let's look at our good buddy, Bet MGM. You can get Josh Berry, Top Chevy, in a Hendrick Motorsports car at 20 to 1. 20 to 1 for Top Chevy in a car that has finished first and fifth here in the last two years. Yeah, it's Alex Bowman. Yeah, Alex Bowman proved that he's really good at Dover. But but this is a good underdog bet to be able to grab 20 to 1, and he doesn't even have to win the race. He doesn't even have to finish in the top three. He doesn't even have to finish in the top five. Let's say calamity ensues. Who who knows what happens? RFK wins. They they go first and second, like they were running at Bristol. Toyota runs third and fourth. Josh Berry finishes fifth. You just got a 20 to one right there. You're not going to find 20 to one for a top five. I'll go ahead and tell you that. So 20 to one for top Chevy, which I think is achievable even without calamity, similar to talking about Corey LaJoy. That's your third option, right? So you got the first option, which is take him out, right? Or I'm sorry, this is the second option. Take him uh, top Chevy. The third option was going to be hammer him for a top 10 at plus money. You can get plus 140, plus 150 for a top 10 for a Hendrick car. But I'm kind of leaning away from that because of the calamity factor, right? Like he could be running third, fourth, fifth all day. And based off the tire where we've seen track conditions, could just blow right front, race is over, right? So then you'll just feel fucking terrible putting a unit and a half or two units on that. Uh, and, and you you suffer the bad beat in that case. But 20 to 1 makes the bad beat less, you know, less torturous, I guess, because you're not risking as much, right? You're not risking as much and your payout's bigger. Um, I, I would treat it similar to, you know, I put 0. 0.2 units on Corey LaJoy for that top 10. Maybe go 0. 0.3, 0. 0.2 units for... Josh Berry, top Chevy at 20 to one as well. So if you have Barstool, if you have Caesars, you know, you're going to look at 14 to one, 17 to one. But if you have BetMGM, 20 to one for top Chevy, I think that's the best route to go here. And you might see it on my card. You might see it on my card. And if I don't put it on my card and then it hits, you better fucking yell at me and call me a dumbass. Like no exaggeration. You have permission, right? So I think I'm going to roll with that. I think I'm going to roll with Josh Berry, 20 to 1. And I think that's going to be my final bet on this podcast. But one another, another interesting thing, stage one props, right? When stage one and stage two props come out, I think there's going to be some consideration there. Um, stage one is 120 laps. And you're gonna you know you're going to have one caution in between that 120 laps. Because of the rain, they're going to add a competition caution for everybody to check their tire wear and see how everything's going. Stage one could be a gold mine uh, on Monday. 
Stage one could certainly be a gold mine because of all the elements we're going to see transpire in the early section of this race. So uh, keep an eye on my Twitter and in the Discord for stage props. We've been pretty damn good on stage one bets in 2023 overall. Uh, shout out to Ryan Priest for the last one. 10 to 1 to win stage one at Martinsville. Easy fucking money. And saved my day. Didn't save my weekend. But it helped save my day uh, at Martinsville. But point is, stage one props have been pretty good to us overall. And I think there's opportunity to get something kind of, get something out there for stage one. Something crazy because of the elements we're going to face on Monday. Let's just go ahead and manifest a Monday race. Because it's going to fucking suck if we start this race and run eight laps and then postpone it. And it's going to suck even more if we start this race and get a small window and then NASCAR just tries to run this motherfucker to halfway and then end it. We definitely do not want that to happen. We want to run this whole entire race out. Monday forecast looks good. I'm sorry. A lot of people are going to be at work. we got stuff to do. But I think for the sake of our bets and profitability... A Monday race is our best option at this point when you look at the forecast for Sunday. So let's go ahead and manifest a, a full Monday race for Dover, the worth 400. But there you go. That's my bets. I'll go ahead and look at, since Chase, Garage Guy Chase is usually on the pod, I'm just going to go look at his bets and give you my thoughts. What does he have? Where is he? Where's Garage Guy? Um... I don't even know how you search here on the, let's see. How do you search on Action Network for, here, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm pulling up my phone. Let's go look at the garage guy, garage guy Chase's bets. He had a lot of pole bets that he dropped on Dale Center. Obviously qualifying got washed out, so those were useless. He's got four bets so far. Ryan Priest, 66 to 1. Ricky Stenhouse finished second in this race last year, also 66 to 1. Kevin Harvick, 12 to 1. Talked about Harvick on Dale Center. Um, but the more and more I look, the more and more I think, the more and more I dig. I just don't think they will have the speed that Hendrick and Joe Gibbs will have. But 12 to 1, double digits for Kevin Harvick at a track that he has also been really good at. He's got like eight straight top tens here. Not a bad price. I don't hate that pick, Chase. And then he's got Josh Berry for a top five. He's got Josh Berry for a top five at five to one. I don't know what book. He did, he did not list the book, but I figured I would read out his bets as well since usually we're doing the podcast together. But Chase is having himself a time with his family over at the Alabama Grand Prix for the NTT IndyCar Series. And I am here in the heart of America rooting for a Monday race. Uh, we got IndyCar as well. Alex Blow is going to win. I'll go ahead and tell you. Alex Blow is going to win. Bet him to win. Bet on the top three. Watch out for Scotty Mack. Watch out for Renus VK. Watch out for Joseph Newgarden. Also decent bets. But I think Alex Blow is going to win that race. But I appreciate everybody for joining, listening in. I say joining. I'm usually doing a live stream, so I'm watching the numbers come in. So weird doing a solo pod. Always weird doing a solo pod, but it is fun. More more insight you get from me and less stupidness you get from Chase, even though I know you fucking love the stupidness, right? That's cool. That's fine. But 
family time is important, and that's where the garage guy has his head at right now, at least for this weekend. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, please rate, subscribe, share, five-star ratings, or don't rate at all if you love us. Also, head to dailydownforce.com and buy our diecast. It's going to be on BJ McLeod's race car at Darlington. You can buy a diecast, a real diecast of a real race car that has my face on it. How insane is that? It is unfathomable how insane that is for me. Our faces, Garage Guys is on a race car with a bunch of other good content creators and, and Daily Downforce is hooking us up there. Uh, really, really appreciate them and really, really appreciate BJ McLeod, Live Fast, uh, Matt Tift, everybody a part of that operation for giving us this opportunity to have our beautiful faces on the tailgate of the race car. So head over to dailydownforce.com. If you can't find where to buy a diecast, send me a direct message and I'll help you out. But other than that, go to Hooters. Hooters is for race day. We love them too. So thank you guys for listening. I hope everybody has a very profitable Sunday, whether it's IndyCar, Formula One. I guess by the time you listen to this, Formula One will be over. But IndyCar, NASCAR, it's going to be a fun day of racing. Fun Monday of racing. We're manifesting that. So appreciate you guys. And we will see you guys on Tuesday for the recap. Have a great weekend or a great Sunday or a great Monday whatever the fuck you want it to be.